0: and welcome to episode 63 of the F1 Show for coverage of the 2009 Grand Prix of Abu Dhabi.
1: I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau. And the uh, the race this weekend looked like it was coming from the future. When I mean, With yeah. this full circuit, there's like, you know, no trees or like natural anything. It's like all this man-made island with futuristic crazy buildings and futuristic crazy tracks. Yeah. The, the guy that designed it definitely wasn't a big fan of nature. Yeah. Well, yeah. So... That was tricky um, and some, some interesting, I guess, track. The racing was not quite as exciting, <laughs> uh, but it looked good. You gotta, you know, there's
0: points for that, right? I mean, well, I, the race had its moments. We'll get to that later. But I think we do need to start with what's been going on the last couple of weeks because there actually has been a fair amount here. Yes. Um, top on my list would be that uh, Monsieur Jean Todt was elected president of the FIA.
1: That's right. And uh it was a battle between him and Ari Vatanen, former uh race driver, rally driver and all that, um who seemed to be a little more forward thinking and a little less, you know, of a kind of Max Mosley's type and all a that. A little
0: less establishment. Yeah. I think it's how I see it.
1: Yeah, and uh anyway, that that didn't happen. So, yeah. It's uh Jean todd obviously former team was he team principal at Ferrari for a while. Yes. And uh so, you know, obviously still involved with the Ferrari team um, in, in terms of, you know, we saw a bunch of uh, well, he, meetings he, with him. He and was
0: president, and I don't know what his job's going to be now, but he was president of Ferrari cars, period. And I think he was in charge of... The road cars and everything, road yeah. Road cars and uh, racing, but he couldn't be directly involved in the racing anymore. It was something very high level where he was a very senior decision maker, but not directly involved with the F one team.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that I mean, I, I saw a uh, a sarcastic tweet about well, that should sort out sort out the whole Fi you know, Ferrari bias thing in the FIA. It just kind of you know lends more credence to any of these, you know, FIA Ferrari kind of uh you know, just I don't want to say conspiracy theories or whatever, but you know, these rumors and things that go around. Right. It's like yeah. John Todd, former Ferrari guy and and still connected with everything. It's just uh, it's a bit tricky, but um, whether or not you know how much difference that itself will make is you know remains to be seen, and there's also the point that uh, that you know he's president of the FIA, which oversees a lot more than Formula One. Sure, um, there's obviously you know there's rallies and World Touring Cars and and all you know these other all kinds of motor racing series. And uh, in the U.S. coverage, they uh, alluded to the fact that um, Jean Todd could actually appoint someone to just be sort of the special um, oversight for Formula One specifically, and that could even be someone like, you know, Max Mosley or whatever. So I really, really hope it doesn't go down that way. Yeah,
0: and I I have a feeling I don't think it will. Uh, I think Jean Todd has plenty of his own ideas, but, you know, who knows? Uh, I have to say that I think it is a bit of a shame. Uh, Really would have liked some fresh blood, fresh ideas from a totally different perspective. And I think uh, Vatnan would have brought that uh, more so than John Todd just has the capacity to simply because John Todd's been in the Formula One world for so long. Uh, he was. The fact that he's attached to Ferrari doesn't help at all. And the other thing that I think was an honest... Uh, uh demerit was the fact that max mosley wanted john todd to uh continue and so it's just a shame i think from uh, jim and jim and mine's outside perspective i think vatnin uh had uh more capacity to actually bring about a different attitude some more change and a uh, fresher feel to the whole thing but who knows i mean john todd's definitely a smart guy and uh I think he can do perfectly good things and, you know, hope for the best and wish him luck, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, too, because, you know, we've already, with with Max Mosley's sermon and everything, we've already got all the rules and everything sorted out for 2010, um, and a lot of these things that are looking beyond 2010 into 2012 and all that, so... I guess I'm not sure. You know, like with a presidential election, it's not like the day after the president is is voted into office that all of a sudden everything starts changing in the world. I mean, it's you know, with with FIA, um, this could be rule changes five and ten years down the road. This could be you know some safety improvements, some some things that that may or may not affect things. I mean, I know that'll be uh, an impact, but I just we don't know exactly how long it's going to be until we really feel. You know, how different Formula One is under the Jean Todd, you know, oversight right. versus Max Mosley or whatever. Hopefully, well, th- hopefully it, won't, it won't affect, you know, too much um, just because, you know, it's, it's always good to have all the racing and all the everything, you know, on track and uh, sort of out in the public eye and not too many of these closed door meetings.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, hopefully it'll be nice to see because Jean Todd is not a very imposing presence. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, he manages that and how he takes control cuz he always seems like the quiet nerdy calculating type. Do you know what I mean? He he isn't the face of anything. I I've never that, you know, that's my impression. So, yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see how he is in such a public role and how much public he wants to make this public role, I guess. So it'll be mean, nice to see. But uh I do I mean I think we all we wish him we wish him the best. We hope he makes some really good decisions. And uh at any rate there's nothing we can there. do about it now. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs>
1: that's that's the state of things. Yes.
0: Um next on my list is uh the two thousand and ten British Grand Prix.
1: Yes, so um the deal was supposedly you know this Donnington Park, um, and you know Bernie sort of had his his faith behind them. Um, and then it came down and said, "Okay, well, you've got to have um, you've got to have the money to sign this contract, and we've got all these deals that you know, have to be all all sorted out." And um, to my understanding, Donington just couldn't come up with the money in time. They ended up actually having a last ditch effort of like selling bonds um, that uh, that all the bond agencies were like, "Wow, that's really risky. You know, we don't these guys don't have any money. You shouldn't really buy, buy bonds from them to try to support the Grand Prix." And there's all this hoopla over it, um, but in and the they end, came
0: way short.
1: Yeah. And in the end, um, they just did not have the money to – Donington Park, that is, did not have the money to actually commit to these contracts and and make these deals. So I think they have officially um, been dropped um, as as the holder of the race, but I don't think that Silverstone has yet been sort of reconfirmed as having it.
0: No, they're just beginning to get those uh, negotiations going again, and it's going to be Mr. Damon Hill that is having the discussions with Bernie Ecclestone, and it'll be – Interesting to see how that pans out, especially on the back of this Abu Dhabi race, which is just insane to then say, well, this is, the, uh, this is old school. and you know, But it's still at the end of the day, you can throw as much money as you want at something. If it's a good track, it's a good track. And Silverstone
1: is definitely that there's, I mean, part of it's the track and part of it is just England, you know, with all the, you know, so many teams based there, so many of the drivers, so many, just the, you know, the technical knowledge and everything, uh, not to mention all the fans that have been lifelong fans, all the drivers. I mean, we've got what two British uh, world champions in a row. It's there's, there's so much to it that even if it's not a great track, um, which I think Silverstone is, I mean, it's not to discount that, but it's like, I feel like it just sort of needs to happen, um, and, and to not have a British Grand Prix. I mean, not having a U.S. Grand Prix, you know, sucks for us, of course, being in, and in, in, you know, being in the U.S., but um, it's not like, you know, there's a lot of teams based in the U.S. or there's a huge fan base or whatever. But it's like, you know, if they were to take Britain off the calendar and all the fans and all the people that, you know, the families of people that work at these companies and factories and everything else would have to go, uh, you know, to Germany or, or wherever. There's not a French Grand Prix either. They have to go to Spain or something. It's like, you know, there's just... It just seems like it would be crazy not to have that. So I do think Silverstone is a cool track. It is kind of neat. I mean – after watching a, a race that looked like, you know, more video game and more something out of the future than reality, um, it is kind of nice, I think, to have Silverstone as a contrast to that, as a, you know, World War Two air, well, sorry, World War Two airfield, and, uh, you know, just all, all the sort of the old classic historic turns and, and, you know, remembering back to, you know, races and great moves that have been made in different parts of the track. Um, yeah, the facilities aren't as cool. I mean, you know, the Yas Marina has got this crazy hotel with the walkway that goes over the track and all that, and, uh, you know, Silverstone's got, like, I don't know, some stands that sell hot dogs and stuff, but, you know, Yeah, I think, I think
0: bacon sandwiches is what I kept hearing about. Yeah. which but...
1: Is that just a BLT without the L and the T, basically? It may even have lettuce on it. I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the deal is with a bacon sandwich. Because it's just, that, I mean, it seems painfully simple.
0: It does. It doesn't sound good for you, though. Yeah. Uh... But it, d- it does sound Well, good. neither
1: is Fish and Chips, but it's delicious. That
0: is true. That is true. Yeah,
1: that's right. I've been to England. I know all about Fish and Chips.
0: Yeah. So, and okay. I've been to an Irish pub. Ah. So I
1: also know. There you go. So I think it's safe to say, you know, you and I both agree. We want Silverstone back to yes. be the host. There's really – I mean, yes. there's some other good tracks in the UK um, and, and around England, but um, not to the level of sort of Formula One level of standards and, and size and, you know, just – kind of history and everything else well yeah
0: i i think really the history plays a very very serious role in all this they've got so much precedent and in in terms of the track itself it's f1 worthy it actually exercises an f1 car Mm -hmm. you know and, and i think to me that's brutally important that's where you know that's something like spa it's like when you when you go to spa you know that these cars are really doing something uniquely wonderful yeah, that they really get a chance to stretch their legs, I suppose you say, and I feel like Silverstone is another one of those places where you really get a solid chance to really exercise the car, feel the aerodynamics at higher speeds and all this kind of stuff. It's just a cool place and there's good racing there. I don't know why you'd want to give that up.
1: Well, I guess it all comes down to uh, the almighty money, right? And uh just you know the deals and everything else and and I guess it's it would be too bad if if uh Bernie and them were as short-sighted as uh, as they seem to be sometimes. To actually just say, oh nope, sorry, not worth it. But uh, so I mean, you know, on the on the U.S. front, I mean, it's hopefully looking good because Canada looks to be back on the grid. That actually hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's sort of tentatively confirmed. It seems like seems yeah. like it's a pretty good chance of that happening. Um, that of course makes the uh, U.S. Grand Prix a lot more likely because if everyone's already coming to North America, uh, then it's not that hard to uh, to do a second stop there. Also having US F one involved and uh, you know just. Having you know more potential fans and more you know an actual yes. team base in the U.S. Yes. and hopefully some say in uh, in what's going on.
0: In fact, just today, Jim and I heard for the first
1: time, ever in our
0: lives, an aerodynamicist with a Southern accent. Yeah, and I, it blew, blew about, our minds. Talking about <laughs> got to meet them FIA regulations. Got to meet them FIA re- re- regulations. It was uh, it was something, man. <laughs> the uh, the uh, headquarters for USF1 are in Charlotte. North uh, Carolina. North Carolina. I, I always hesitate between North and South Carolina, but okay, Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where their headquarters, NASCAR country, and they too, do my get her done down oh, there. Yeah. So but a, a lot of an extremely intelligent people down there. But it yes. is you get that classic southern southern accent, which is fantastic. You just don't get
1: that in f one. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, whole point of the matter is Donington Park's out. We hope Silverstone's back in, but that's still in negotiations. Um, I think Damon Hill is going to try to leverage this and get a longer term contract out of the deal and try to get you know bernie to back off a little bit but bernie is bernie so we'll have to see how that goes anyway uh next thing on the news is where is uh, Kimi raikkonen going to be going well it's home Ma- potentially
1: Ma- yeah mclaren or nothing he says yeah. and so far nothing has been officially announced uh those are just sort of Kimi's you know media reports and all that and it seems like more than anything he just
0: wanted to say no i don't want to drive for a toyota yeah. which bums me out a little bit i think that would have been cool
1: yeah, it it could have been. Although, if he was sort of, you know, half-assedly driving for Toyota but not really into it, then that wouldn't have been, you know, that exciting and it wouldn't have been a good use of Toyota's money and all that. I, I'm, and so, you know, all that we've gotten, like, like I mentioned, is just sort of, you know, maybe he'll go back to his old, he, he said, any, anywhere besides McLaren would be, you know, a waste of time, which. I've got you know. There's so many guys in F1 that you know, or, or near F1 that would just be so happy to have any drive in F1 and to be yeah. exposed to the series, or even a test driver role or whatever. And so it's got to be kind of, I mean, it's, it's a good position to be in, having won a world championship and having you know driven for a couple of the best teams out there to be like, yeah, anywhere except this one guy, just be just be a waste of my time, right, right, and. He's also uh, he's also said that any contract he does negotiate or sign, um, he wants to have the ability to go rallying. Yes, uh, that that's I guess a big you know he wants to make it more than just a random pastime for him. So um, we'll see, but uh, nothing's been announced. And it's you know it seems like if there were, it, it's obviously you know McLaren is keeping Lewis Hamilton. Heikki Kovalainen is potentially out, um, but they haven't I, announced I think, anything yet. I think Heki Kovalainen's is out. I think. I, he th- is. I think. It's- yeah. I think that's a pretty safe uh, assessment. Although we get, you know, there's some surprises every once in a while, so we don't know for sure. Uh, I can think of a lot of people that would do better in that sense. yeah but i mean about that toyota thing i mean it's it's interesting because um you know we've always talked about it'd be good to have a you know real superstar in some of these cars right. and uh and, and actually robert Kubica made an interesting comment uh talking about the relative strengths of the engines and said oh yeah everyone says the bmw is the class of the field what do you say to that and he's kind of like well i've only ever driven a bmw so <laughs> how am i supposed to know you know uh and he says well maybe i'll tell you next year when he moves over to the renault which is supposedly right. the weakest engine out there and uh, you know it would always it's one of those things with it with the kind of series that we have it's not spec engines it's not spec chassis um it's just it's up to uh uh you know all the comparisons and now at least we everyone's got spec tires so there's not that additional variable but uh yeah without all the drivers trying each other's cars there's not a good way to know you know who who would be faster and what cars and you know what's alonzo going to be able to do with a ferrari that maybe Kimi didn't or couldn't and how's Massa going to be after he gets yeah. back in the car i mean there's so many variables that go into it and that's all part of the excitement of the new season and there could be one of these crazy stories like like braun was at the beginning of this year where it's a team coming virtually out of nowhere to just come in and, and just be super successful so that's all all part of the excitement um but, and, and, and Toyota, I think, is sort of ties into that. You know, they've um, officially, they said, you know, they're parting ways with Yarno Truly at the end of the year. They haven't officially said they're done with Timo Glock, but I think in practice they, they probably are. I mean, he's been out of the car for a couple weekends now. Yeah. Uh, and, and Kamui Kobayashi, his replacement, has been doing quite well. So, you know, it looks like they'll keep him on for, uh, for another drive uh, for next year. And um, it's just, you know, without the prospect of Kimi, there's not a whole lot of other superstars out there I mean you know I guess Nico Rosberg is kind of out there kind of right. always maybe on the edge of something right. great but, but I, never think, quite. I think I and... think Nico
0: Rosberg unlike Raikkonen still has a lot to prove yeah and it makes a lot more sense for Nico to get into a, an established team as opposed to um you know Raikkonen who can say well I everyone knows you know who I am, so if I don't do well in the car, then the car isn't good. Yeah, or like Nico's but, not going to be
1: the guy that turns around a team and, and really turns the corner, I don't think. He could,
0: but if if it doesn't work out for him, it's going to show poorly on him, whereas if it didn't work out for Raikkonen, it would more likely show poorly for Toyota. Yes. I, that's kind of what I'm getting Fair at. Fair enough. But anyway, uh, speaking of new drivers entering in, we've got not confirmation, but an extreme likelihood that, yes, Bruno Senna, Will be racing with us next year in the Campos Meta team in 2010.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that, a Campos Meta or Cam. I mean, we don't know. There's there's a lot there's a lot to learn, and whether that'll even be their name by the time they get sponsors and everything sorted yes, out. Yes, exactly. But uh, but yeah, actually, I think it has been confirmed now. With um, you know, it's on Formula1.com and some other stuff. Um, but uh, Campos Meta CEO Enrique Rodriguez de Castro said in a statement that uh, it's an extraordinary honor to to. A- to return the name of Senna to Formula One. So, you know, again, new talent, new car, a lo- lot of variables, but uh, that's very cool to see him back. And, you know, we've got, uh, you know, sort of the chart of all the 2010 teams and drivers, and they're starting to trickle in and figure out who's going to be where. So, yes, yes. um, we do plan to bring you some coverage in the off season that uh, as more of these announcements are made and new cars are in, on, you know, uh, Developed and, and revealed and all that. We'll uh, we'll keep you in, in touch with all that stuff. But uh, for now, that's just one more slide in there. That uh, yeah, Bruno Senna will be uh, on the grid in the Campos Medicar. And uh,
0: and one last thing for me uh, before we get into qualifying. I don't know if you have anything, Jim, but uh, Yarno Truly turns out to still be crazy. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's, he's gone crotchety old man. I think he he thinks it's an episode of Law and Order or something. He shows up to Abu Dhabi with. Uh, a handful of pictures and files and data traces and all these kind of
1: things to try to prove to the world that... There, some kids s- were indeed on his lawn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I told you kids, what? I tell you a thousand times. Uh,
1: yes, and I believe the kid's name was Adrian Sutil. Uh, yes, absolutely it was. And that, he kept
0: darn whippersnappers. It's just whippersnapper, this, it's just this just... weird,
1: because it's like, what? I mean, it, okay, so it's a racing incident, and, you know... Yarno was was punished for just getting all up in Sutil's face and being really kind of non-sporting and non-professional. A Ten thousand
0: dollar fine, one fifth the charge for setting someone on fire.
1: <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> um, but so it's like what you know. I guess he's just trying to prove that he did nothing wrong, but that doesn't change what happened. And it's not like he was. Well, you know, he's, it's, it's not, almost it like a vendetta
0: for yeah, for Sutiel. Like, steals crazy, and we've got to. You know, I mean, we've got to get this guy. Before he kills us all. I, like, it's, yeah ah, dude, calm down. If And according to Truly, Alonzo agrees. Oh, yeah, Truly, you know, Sutil's crazy. But everyone else says, dude. <laughs> well, okay. It's, it wasn't even Sutil's fault. If, it, if it's FIA, very bizarre. Yeah.
1: If the FIA had, like, banned Toyota from the next race, I could understand. Okay, you've got to prove that this happened and this happened. And this was what I was doing. This is what he was doing. and And here's how I'm in the right. But at this point, there's nothing, like, there's nothing really up in the air about... You know, they decided it was a racing incident, so they're not – I mean, and the fine was just about, you know, getting all up in in Adrian's face. So it's not really quite clear what what Yarno's point is except that – I don't know if he just doesn't want to end his Formula 1 career looking like a punk, but I think he's made a bigger punk of himself than he ever was. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's the problem. He he went the exact opposite with that. Yes,
1: and so that's, I guess, you know, how we see the end of uh, Yarno Trulli's F1 career um, most likely. (laughs) Very possible. Fair enough. Very possible. Uh, just the last thing is that uh, this whole Barrichello moving to Williams thing looks like it's getting more and more um, closer to being confirmed. I mm. guess this is the big show of not confirmed, but looking that way. It seems to be the uh, the theme we've got going so far. But uh, either way, it's just, uh, it's you know, um, Nico Rosberg confirmed his his exit from Williams. Um, speculation is, is that, uh, you know, it would be Barrichello, Nico Hulkenberg for a season, and then um, – you know, he's just you know, Rubens is saying, Oh yeah, I'm thinking about it and looking at it and whatever and either it's he's being real coy about his in some part of his negotiations with Braun and trying to really work a couple couple angles of it or something, but uh it looks like it's more likely that uh Barichello may end up at Williams, which seems strange to me to get out of a you know, really, really good car in the form of the Braun to more of an unknown with the Williams, but
0: Well, I, it doesn't sound like it's Barrichello's choice, which is unfortunate. It from the best we can gather and what we've heard Mercedes is buying into the Braun team and Mercedes wants a German driver uh, to be in the team, which is kind of forcing, uh, forcing uh, Braun's hand a bit, Ross Braun's hand a bit on what drivers to have. So despite the fact that his current drivers are first and third currently in the driver's championship, uh, he's got to let go of one of them. Yeah, and so that's kind of an unfortunate predicament, and it is. Uh, I guess it is what it is. I don't know. I, I I think it's. I think Braun would be better off keeping its current lineup. Myself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, we we definitely think highly of Rosberg, and if it does turn out to be that way, I, we think Rosberg will be able to do good things.
1: So there you go. All right. Let's get on to uh qualifying Ooh, and, uh, and and practice and all that. So we saw, you know, the first couple of laps um at the new track. Like we say, it just it, it looks pretty wild and even the you know, the practice and every, and all the sessions really were um in this sort of the same day into night changing conditions. Um and Thankfully, um, there was actually no drama. I mean, there, there was this crazy pit exit complex, um, which it looked like, you know, was, oh, somebody's going to get caught out there, get a little too much gas or slide around a little bit. Uh, thankfully, all the practice and quality and everything was, was clean. There were no uh, major issues with the circuit. You know, nobody caught fire and then went under the grandstands and burned people. <laughs> I mean, there were there were a lot of potential issues. That, yeah, sure. Uh, so sure. luckily, all that was, was sort of clean. And, um, and topping the practice times, actually, uh, these McLarens, man,
0: Dude, uh Lewis Hamilton was on fire uh in the theoretical sense. <laughs> <laughs> not not in the kimi sense from last race, but yeah. it, it, he was extremely impressive and truthfully he was impressive all weekend, even Friday practice. Um in the afternoon practice, he was second fastest actually. Heki Kovalainen nipped him at the end, but he was quick all weekend. He was fast in every single qualifying session and in Q3 he put in a time that was Almost seven-tenths faster than second place. I mean, he just was a rocket around that track. By a country mile. Which, if uh, we can be so bold, we're going to jump ahead just a little bit. Both Jim and I predicted this. Oh, we did? Well, not literally. But we both said that Hamilton's really,
1: really fast. Well, yes. I didn't know we predicted the country mile, but... Uh, well, no, we didn't predict the country mile. Yeah. We, so. but we predicted it. Yeah. So anyway...
0: uh very, very good for Lewis Hamilton in second place. And in third place were Red Bull cars, Vettel in second, Mark Webber in third. And then uh, following them were the Braun cars, rubens Barrichello in fourth, and Jensen Button in fifth. The relieved uh, Jensen Button in fifth place. So not quite the superstellar. oh, the leash is off, no more world championship to worry about speed that we were hoping for. But still... Pretty darn quick.
1: Yeah. Other uh, quick notes. Uh, Fernando Alonso was, was bumped in Q1 and didn't make it out. He sort of said, you know what? Screw it. You know, it's – he was having a uh, – you know, it's, it's his last race in the Renault car anyway. He probably doesn't care all that much. And he says, man, this car is terrible. I can't wait to, uh, you know, not have to drive it anymore. So um, he, he sort of – you know, he's like, oh, I'm not really surprised they got bumped out and, uh, and actually – Uh, let's see where because Grosjean was 19th i guess and then and then fizzy uh yeah 20th dead last (laughs) that sucks for ferrari
0: yeah that that definitely does and
1: uh other than that i mean actually yeah kobayashi continued to do you know pretty well in uh, a mid-pack performance i mean he ended up 12th um, pretty far behind and truly was in sixth but uh you know for his second race uh kobayashi doing pretty well for uh for qualifying and Uh,
0: certainly both uh bmw sauber's Made it into
1: the top 10. Was in 7th. Nick Heidfeld in 8th. And Buemi, too, in the STR, uh, doing, you know, 10th tenth, uh, tenth spot on his 21st birthday. So, good job there. Yeah, Buemi was
0: another guy. He was quick all weekend. He's he's proven to be pretty darn good in that car.
1: Yeah. So, other than that, I mean, that's uh, in a bit of a random order. That's kind of the rundown. Um, yeah, we kind of did um, a Reichen sandwich. In, yeah, Reichen in 11th, uh, you know, just out of, just, just barely didn't make it into Q3. And... uh Yep. And
0: Kovalainen uh, qualified 13th. He was out of qualifying early. He, he blamed it on a bad second gear. Yeah. He lost he, second gear. And he
1: later had a uh, gearbox change and got a 5 grid spot penalty for yeah. it, too. So that was unfortunate, obviously, especially with Hamilton up at the front, uh, that, that Kovalainen couldn't sort of follow suit and, uh, and do well up there. But either way, that's, uh, that's how it went. So let's get into the race.
0: If you ever needed to can opulence, excess, and grandiosity, Abu Dhabi is the place to do it. After spending $26 million billion, F1 now has a 5.5-kilometer track surrounded by yacht-filled water, a 1.25-kilometer-long straightaway, a pit out with a tunnel, enough floodlights to blind Las Vegas, a Ferrari-themed amusement park, a hotel with a light-show roof, and a blue-painted track perimeter. Cool. This layout suited McLaren's Lewis Hamilton just fine as he sandblasted the rest of the field to take pole by well over half a second. Alongside Hamilton at the start of the race sat Vettel the Kid in the Red Bull. He was followed closely by teammate and team chaperone Mark Weber. Behind them, both brawn cars. Barrichello ahead of the soon-to-be-crowned world champion, Jensen Button. And as the lights went out, Hamilton had no problem retaining the lead with the help of a little red button labeled Curz. The rest of the field also got away cleanly, except for old Rubens, who clipped Weber's rear tire with his front wing, knocking off a bit of aerodynamics. Both cars continued. The race quickly set into a rhythm as the sunset and artificial lighting took over. But 20 laps in, Lewis Hamilton suffered a brake failure, ending his race prematurely. This left Vettel with no competition to retain the lead that he took from Hamilton in the first round of the pit stops. And with fastest lap in hand, Sebastian Vettel coasted in to win the inaugural Grand Prix of Abu Dhabi. Behind him came both Button and Weber battling neck and neck for second in the last two laps, with Mark Weber barely holding on to second place. In fourth place came the second Braun GP car of Rubens Barrichello. He'll have to settle for third in the 2009 Drivers' Championship. Quick, Nick Heidfeld quietly raced his BMW into fifth place. He was followed by the Japanese snapping turtle, Kiyumi Kobayashi, in sixth place. Turtle teammate Yarno Trulli finished behind him in seventh, allowing the Toro Rosso driver, Sebastian Wemi, to collect but one point.
1: Jim... Who is Kamui Kobayashi? I don't know, man. He's uh, he had a, a good run today because he had a one-stop strategy. Um, he like we talked about, he started 12th and uh, just filled up the tank, and still was just quite racy. I mean, made some really good moves, and uh, at one point, you know, had a, had a nice little uh, you know near kerfuffle, good little battle with Jensen Button, and uh, he it, nearly kerfuffed. He nearly kerfuffed and uh, could have been could have been bad, but it wasn't, and uh, you know went on to to do well. So I I think. This performance, you know, combined he he did a solid showing in Brazil, and then this combined, I think this really has earned him the race seat for Toyota. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely agree.
0: And it I seems like if they agree.
1: if they don't go with him, then it's you know I really kind of wonder why. But uh, that's you know good job for him. I mean that that's cool. But other other than there was kind of the moment with uh, with with Kobayashi with with Jensen Button, and um, and then near the end of it when uh, when Button suddenly got switched on was was going after Mark Webber. Yeah. Um, That was nearly it for, you know, the sort of the on-track action. I mean, other than that, it was pretty straightforward. Um, People were holding together pretty well. I mean, it wasn't huge disparity in pace, um, but uh – it was otherwise I mean it was there's not a whole lot of of, of on track action in, in crazy passing um except for the last couple of laps there but um, yeah but the, the, this little battle with um with or the big battle with uh, between Jensen Button and Mark yeah, Weber, which, which was, was fantastic which was very watch. cool because it was two kind of you know veteran you know real good guys, real real pros, and uh, they gave each other room, they were respectful about it, but still really aggressive and uh, they were they were both just real pleased about it afterwards and saying, you know having a great time and um you know jensen. His especially with this weight off his shoulders, you know he's already got the championship. He said, would have been great to get second. I didn't. I ended up third, but hey, it was perfect. We had a great battle and 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 you know that's what the racing's all about um the other the one of the stranger things that we've seen in a while that I wanted to mention earlier in the race was Iime Alguasari, um, oh yeah, doing his pit stop where he gu down the pit lane. Um, went right past his own STR pits, um, but went into the Red Bull pits, which is the next stall down. Yeah. um, Because they were also in the pits ready for Vettel to come in. Yeah. um, But, you know, they have similar looking uniforms or whatever. I don't know if some of the guys look the same or if, you know, he got, you know, lollipop confusion or whatever. But it wasn't
0: like it was really crowded in the pits either. No. And I can only imagine that the Toro Rosso guys were going, over here, right over here, we're waving at you. I mean,
1: it's a strange error to make, but... I was, what I was really impressed with was the, the Red Bull guys, their reaction time. Cause they're the, uh, you know, the, the, the nose cone guy and everything they get, you know, they got right out of the way with all, and they just waved him on through. So even though, um, and he didn't actually come to a stop. He, he, you know, went through the pit lane, um, and through the, you know, between the guys doing the pit yeah, stop like there. Yeah, like 30 KPH or they, something. Pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And was still accurate. He didn't run over anyone's feet or anything that we saw. And, uh, there was no real drama about it except that he missed his pit stop and, um, and ended then, up running out of fuel. Yeah, and at that point, he can't stop and back up and whatever, so he, he's <laughs> beep, going around. Um, beep. And it's like, no, it doesn't doesn't work this, that way. You're not a garbage truck. And this is a this is a three and a half mile track. So um, you know the way it was timed and everything. He just he made it actually to sector three. He made it almost all the way back around, um, but then couldn't get the car. You know, just ran out of fuel and uh, couldn't get back in. So that error ended up costing him. Um, you know his, possibly his it, career that
0: was a pretty big mistake. It was a
1: strange mistake, and I mean the the Red Bull guys I mean everyone recovered from it as well as they could, but uh, to, to make the mistake in the first place was kind of uh, peculiar and uh, it was you know just kind of an interesting thing to see. Um, the good news is, and even though it was only seconds later, um, Vettel showed up in the pit stop, but these guys were still on top of it enough, they did his pit stop, there were no problems and got yeah. him on the way, and obviously went on to win the race so um, what would have been Really a shame is if that had sort of you know really confused the guys or you know some, something had been gone wrong. They started changing tires on him, he drove away, or his fuel rig, or who knows what yeah. that ended up causing problems for Vettel. Luckily, it didn't, and we don't have to worry about that. But uh, that really would have cost him his his career. Isn't, yeah, no, um, absolutely. You know, I mean, causing the sister team to lose the race. Honestly, I think to me this
0: highlighted something that we've been thinking all year that this whole decision to kick people out out of a team mid-season. And replace them with these new rookies so that the rookies are better suited for next year potentially, or whatever whatever the logic is. Especially with the testing band, it just makes zero sense because Jaime Alguswari, Romain Grosjean, either uh, of them have just they've been
1: underperforming consistently. Yeah. Antonio Liuzzi has been a little bit better. I mean, he's got. Leonsi's got
0: you know some a few years racing experience yeah.
1: in Formula One, and, you know, and Kobayashi's done well. I mean, we talked about and, him, and
0: Kobayashi's done well, but you know it's a slightly different situation as 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 well. I mean, yeah, but I guess my main point is is that I guarantee you, I guarantee it that had you left uh, Bourdais in the car, you would have had better results than if you had not you know than as opposed to replacing him without Jaswari. and if you left. Piquet in the car, despite everything, you would have had better results than you've had with Grosjean. You just would have. Yeah. And it just, I think, highlights just poor decision making on uh, those teams' parts.
1: Yeah. Curiously, um, Alguasari is uh, is listed as exiting the race due to a gearbox issue. Huh. I guess the gearbox doesn't work really well when the car doesn't have any gas in it. Yeah. I think part of the problem is the gearbox. Huh falls flat
0: on its face when the engine isn't turning. Yeah. And, so I can uh, see how that would be a gearbox deer, issue. gearbox yeah.
1: issue. Uh and then we talked about uh, Hamilton's unfortunate uh you know retirement that uh you know he right after he got out of his, his uh, first pit stop um you know, they, they got or he was out there for a couple laps. They got on the radio, and said, Hey, we may have a problem with the rear brakes. We're looking into it. We'll let you know. And I guess, as a driver, I don't know what you, I mean, I guess you just maybe, you're heightened sort of your awareness and your kind of perception of everything. But at the same time, it's kind of like they're not telling you that pushing it would be better or worse. They're not really telling you, like, okay, keep within this speed, keep within these revs, do this or do that. They're just kind of like, there may be a problem. So, you know, you can't do anything about it necessarily, but we're just going to tell you that. Um, but then unfortunately, you know, like about a lap later, um, he said, I've got this vibration and he ended up, you know, they said, okay, pull it in pits and they, they can't continue. And he had a
0: nasty moment where he got a big puff of smoke out of his, I think, right front wheel and he
1: went wide and he locked up the yeah, tire had, real bad. Yeah, he had a couple of moments with, uh, some, some lockups and yeah, yeah left front, right front, uh, and some had both had, I think some flat spots on them.
0: And he was saying throughout most of the race that he was nursing the car, that it didn't feel hundred percent. didn't feel like the car he qualified in and uh he couldn't he couldn't feel confident in pushing under braking and that kind of stuff, so uh he said it was going wrong from the beginning, and he seemed relatively sanguine about getting out of the car and being done for the last uh race of the year. I think he wasn't really fighting for the championship uh and so he was pretty much okay with. yeah i
1: mean he i guess he had shown the car had done well um mclaren was in a pretty good position to keep ahead of ferrari in the constructors championship which they did um after after all was said and done and um yeah, I guess he sort of said, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I uh, I nicked this uh, great towel from the hotel room, so it's nice and fluffy. I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, <laughs> you know, hang out to this for a little while and wander around and, and, uh, you know, whatever. So I guess, you know, because he's not racing for his drive, you know, he's got to, he's got to drive next year. He's certainly, uh, he's not in contention for the championship, uh, or any of that, but he's sort of shown that, yeah, he's fast and the car was good, at least for a lap on, uh, on Saturday. Um, and Friday, that, uh, you know, hey, whatever, he retired from the race. And because this is actually his first mechanical retirement, his first, you know, car problem that has really caused retirement, um, he sort of says, hey, I can't complain. I think, you know, rightly so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, very well done to Hamilton. He, he was very quick. It's a shame that he had the problems he did. But once again, it, you know, it was not the most exciting race like we talked about, but it was a fitting race in the sense that it kind of showed really where performance ended up. You know, McLaren having their flashes of brilliance. The Red Bull car really being a force to be reckoned with, and the Braun car now not the leader, but very still a very strong contender. So um, that was an an interesting way to sum up the championship in just one race. So, so it was fun to watch. And again, the battle between Weber and Button at the end was a really nice treat. I really enjoyed that quite a bit. I thought they were both doing top-notch jobs. Racing each other, mark defending, button pushing. So it, uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, the season ending that way, and uh, definitely looking forward to next year already. I mean, next year is going to be huge potential to have just a fantastic season.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about it time and again, but with all the variables and everything else, uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, just like you know, we were at the end of. Um, last year, you know, looking forward to this year, it was yep. like, oh, man, and the tires are going to be and the cars are all different. We're looking forward to something and good. I mean, it, it turned out very well. These cars, you know, I guess we've pretty much gotten used to the looks of them. That was our big thing, was uh, the more, oh, more yeah. cars got introduced, and we just couldn't get over the, the high rear wings and the narrowness. And Sometimes the... I still see certain angles of that Ferrari, and it still looks goofy to me. Well, I think I've gotten used to them, but any, every once in a while when I come across a photo of like an 07 or 08 car, I'm just like, oh, look like at that. Look <laughs> at that front <laughs> wing, man. Yeah, there's, yeah. I know, so I know. There's, uh, there's still that, you know just i guess i guess we're going to be like old timers where it's like oh you remember yeah, the cars yeah, from the, much the, better back in 07 yeah you know, <laughs> the early the, the mid 2000s boy those were just the greatest these new cars are nothing like the old ones um so there was uh some interesting notes also from actually from qualifying um when uh, when Vettel was talking about his the, the lack of pace uh, compared to Hamilton, and he just sort of says, "Oh yeah, it's this, this curse button we have on our steering wheel is not working." Like, yeah, I, I pushed <laughs> it going down the straightaway, and it didn't do anything. Yeah, and I don't know these guys are. It's a little bit uh, seems to be anyway, just from the, the few interviews and stuff that we get. Uh, a little sort of friendlier and looser about all that's going on. You know, they're not quite as reserved and professional about. You know, this is happening, and some other teams have good, com- you know, competitive advantages, and you know, these real political ways of saying what they want to say. Um, and actually, in the in the post-race interviews, we had quite a bit of uh, man love and, and mutual appreciation yep, yep, for each yep, other. There's a lot of man love for um, sure. You know, Red Bull talking about how they, you know, now that their car is working great and everything, it's the end of the season, and Jensen was, oh, I'm so glad of that. And the Vettel's oh, I know exactly why. Yeah. It's just like some <laughs> weird little uh, exchanges that we're not. Really been used to seeing in uh, in, in the, you know these post race real sort of professional interviews, but uh, I don't know maybe James Allen I guess just doesn't quite have the uh, the commanding presence that Peter Windsor once did. As yes, as exactly. Keeping those interviewees in line and you know just asking questions to one guy at a time.
0: And for the American fans, it is official that uh, Peter Windsor is now out. He is now going to leave Speed and take over his role as running an F one team full time, which means we are going to have some unknown new. Speed commentator next season, I can only assume, so it'll be interested to see how that pans out for us Americans, yeah, and uh, I wonder if youtube 's going to be involved in this in any way shape or form
1: yeah there I mean it, it could be cool to see some you know some live stuff or some some clips on YouTube and all that, but at the same time, I mean, I guess you know Peter Windsor was obviously a pro has been around you know Formula One since forever. Um, and, and done a lot of things that a lot of the, you know, a lot of other journalists hadn't done. I mean, as one of the few guys that actually drive, you know, he, uh, Toyota gave him the opportunity to drive an F1 car. I think it was 07. And, uh, and he was, you know, able to sort of describe it as a non-driver, but as a journalist really described to the, sort of the rest of us, what it's like to actually drive an F1 car. Um, and, and having been just involved with F1 as long as he has been and, and knowing virtually everyone up and down the grid, but for all that experience and all that insight sometimes his grid walks were just kind of a, goofy a weird use of time i guess you know when he just uh, making these random, and I guess, and, and from what I gather from the international coverage as well, um, a lot of these guys, you know, they may be real great pros. I mean, I guess you know it's what Eddie Jordan and David Coulthard and guys on the on BBC, and yet they can still just you know be asking, you know, interviewing someone out in front of a garage, and all you can hear is the engine in the garage revving, <laughs> trying to, you know, they're trying to ask somebody questions. It's like I, I don't know. The grid walk is a an imperfect uh, form of coverage, I guess, but it's it's what everyone does. So I'll be interested to see if uh, if there's a new guy that's you know can you know, handle that situation any better or any differently, or if, uh, maybe Peter Windsor is about as, uh, as good as we can get for, um, uh, in, in on-track coverage. But, uh, it always seemed a little bit random and kind of, you know, rushed to, to get around and try to talk to people and try to edge his way in with other reporters. So, right, right. um, but that said, I mean, there was usually times he would come up with some interesting insight, uh, into the race, you know, partway through, they kind of check in with him if he had a little point to make or whatever. Um, Although he often went on these weird tangents about, you know, how they were watching tennis in the hospitality suite. And then the one guy, Charlie, that always makes the salads would make great salads. Yeah, we're like, he's like,
0: dude, okay, we don't know these people. We're not in your world. That, and... That's great. That, yeah, exactly. You know,
1: Charlie had a salad, but we don't know who these people are or don't care about your salads.
0: So I, I think that does about sum it up for the race. So is it time for listener
1: feedback? It could be. Oh. <laughs> feedback hey there we are you guys are great we've got uh, on the Facebook page, fa- uh, a Facebook page, it's Facebook phase. it's uh, facebook.com slash f1 show um, what do we have 400 and some fans 410 now? fans which is which is excellent that was our goal was to get over 400 by the end of the season it is the end of the season we are over 400 so thank you guys so much for uh checking us out on Facebook, adding uh adding us to your fans pages and uh and for telling your friends. I mean that's the the best part is uh you just kinda spreading the word and, and having more people enjoy the F one show because there's a lot of people out there that like F one and uh just be able to sort of connect with these people mm-hmm. and uh yeah, there's always always interesting things to uh to read and people talking about it on the uh on the Facebook page. So what do we got right. from so, the last two yeah.
0: weeks? So to uh build on that point, since you have told your friends. And uh, all your friends are now on Facebook page. The only logical next step is to start telling your enemies. Tell all your enemies about the F1 Show Facebook page because this is the place to be. And uh, if you let us know ahead of time, we'll make fun of them. It'll be great.
1: Yes. Um, So, yeah. Go for it. I'm not looking at the Facebook page, I mean. I'm, I'm like the Twitter guy.
0: Oh, you're the Twitter guy. Because, you know, the
1: fa- Facebook is all old people now, so that's here that's joke. But person. I'm
0: old. That's like, so I, I was going to go really old, and I was going to start with email. Oh. Ooh. We got an email from AJ who gave us predictions uh, that were nowhere near correct.
1: We're not talking predictions yet, though. We're still feedback.
0: Oh, that's true. So I will go straight to his email mission. I would like to confuse everyone. Briatori's issue with his football club is that there is a rule that if you are banned from a team in one sport, you can't own a team in any sport, which uh, that's interesting. I, d- I don't know uh, why yeah. that's a rule, but that's that that could definitely cause problems.
1: Well, I guess it's, you know, I think it's sort of an interleague thing. Like if you were, uh, you know, banned from doing something really unsporting in one sport, they don't want you to, oh, I'm just going to go run my own team in this sport instead. It's just kind right, of a, right. you know, kind of a sportsman uh, understanding or, or whatever, you know, almost a gentleman's agreement or whatever but it is it isn't the official rules so yeah it's not that uh, we figured the guys just didn't like Briatore anymore it's that there are these rules and but the, some questions were whether the nature of Flavio's ban was such that it was involving his personal character or his involvement in the scheme or, or you know there was some some question about whether or not the, that his uh, punishment from the FIA constituted uh, a bannable offense from these football club ownership so yeah 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 Whatever I don't know nope. uh, I don't Slav, uh, man I don't want to deal with Slav anymore Let's
0: just AJ goes on to say yes I'd like to inform you of something rather disturbing that I heard from Frank Williams a week ago or so a week or so ago He was asked whether he'd like to see a Grand Prix in the U S or Russia going off the promotion thing they did early in the year He said he'd rather go to Russia because those people were ready for it and deserved it He feels the U S is at least a decade away from having a GP because no one cares about Formula One quote unquote over there so i've been trying to think of something i'm a soccer fan also and interest in the game has picked up recently why wider exposure f1 needs to get off of speed and someone needs to step up like espn has like espn has with soccer and football and show all the th- all these games on a channel that this isn't that this is not a separate t- uh, tier of cable Good Lord. I am sorry, AJ. I'm
1: just hacking this to bits. Honestly, it's not 5 o'clock in the morning, but for some reason, (laughs) Robin's on the wrong time zone entirely.
0: Four races a year is really pathetic in the grand grand picture of things. I know you guys don't like F1 on Fox, but if someone took over the rights, they could give, uh, give the dame timing and other additions like that. I don't think dame was the right word there. I really hope you guys don't use that, oh my gosh, speed would die trip because I'm tired of it. Speed can find this to put... Speed can find this to put on, just want your thoughts on this. I'll try to follow the race with you on Twitter if you do that again. We didn't, AJ, and we apologize for it. We just uh, could not manage to get up that early this time around. Um, So, uh, no, frankly, I personally don't care if F1 is on Speed or not. In some ways, I'd prefer if it wasn't. But if it does go on another network, they need to give it the respect it deserves and not throw hack
1: commentators at it. Yeah, that's that, the big That's thing. our issue with Fox is not that it's um, – well, it's, it's the same when it was on CBS. That was the hack commentators. That was the worst. That was – yeah, uh, okay, When it's yeah. on Fox, it's the same commentators. But they, first of all, it's you know the races are, are cut down to be uh, to fit the time slot because on speed, they always run over, and it's just kind of understood. Every time my TiVo records it, we add a half an hour round to the end of it in case right. of a safety car, in case of whatever, and it runs into whatever other programming is on speed later. But they, they know that and they understand that. Fox, though, that's not the case. So we, a lot of times, don't get post-race interviews and all that on Fox. Right. Like, the racing is really second place to... No pre-race. Whatever either. else. Yeah, no pre-race show. It pretty much just starts, and, and, uh, and then they sort of catch up a little bit during the uh, commercial breaks. Um, but also that when it's on Fox, <clears throat> um, it's the... The you know, the, the, the commentators are told to kind of dumb it down and keep it so that you know average Americans can understand it. So, like, they get an we get an explanation of understeer every single time. We get an explanation of downforce every single time. We get right. the example of over sixty miles an hour a Formula One car could drive and upside I, down. And an I don't know racetrack. how many
0: times I've heard, unlike NASCAR or you know, apart from IndyCar or whatever, it's like okay, just yeah, stick for what stick to Formula One for what Formula One is.
1: Yes, and yeah, comparing the uh, comparing everything to NASCAR. But speaking, okay, so the whole speed would die. <coughs> I think speed is probably going to be fine based on NASCAR alone. Let alone some of the other stuff they've got, you know, with motorcycle stuff and yeah. and some other, you know, and they, and they do to their credit, you know, there's SCCA races and some, you know, World Challenge stuff. There's there's you know, A- A- Le Mans Le Mans Series racing. Yeah, um, you know, speed has enough that I I don't think Formula One is. And I don't know their their budget or whatever, but. Um, you know, I think they they could probably do okay. There's so many. There's like 12 different shows all about NASCAR that are like pre race and post race and mid race and right, other race right. and whatever track so,
0: side and you know yeah. see what you know Jimmy Johnson's cat's doing
1: right now. Exactly. So, but yeah, I think something like ESPN. I mean, actually, having done some work with ESPN for the for the X Games and seeing the kind of engineering they put into. Um, you know, presenting some information. I mean, everything from, you know, when you watch an American football game, you've got the uh, the lines of scrimmage and, the, and everything painted on the field, you know, with digital technology where they, they overlay things on the field and graphics to help people understand it better. I mean, to be able to, you know, overlay, I don't know, fuel gauges on the side of every car so we could see how many laps they have to go. And when you're seeing a battle or, or you know, highlight different kinds of tire compounds or yeah. show us what's going on. I guess we don't have curves anymore, but, you know, there's there's a lot of things that, that could be done. I mean, there was some, a uh, little bit of use actually at in, in this race uh, this weekend with some 3D kind of walkthrough uh, where they could freeze frame at, you know, like at the start of the race um, and kind of walk through the, the grid a little bit. Yeah. Um, but even that, uh, and I don't know if, uh, the other, it sounds like the other coverage uh, worldwide had, you know, different access to that and showed some different examples with it. But they kind of showed it for about six seconds on our TV and like, wow, isn't that great that we can do that? And then we didn't really learn anything from it or didn't really make any points. It just kind of was, it was there. But to take advantage of stuff like that, and I think ESPN does a real good job of that. And once you have, I mean, they don't explain football to viewers every time there's a football game on they they kind of go and they 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 go along and you you know if you don't know what the line of scrimmage is or you don't know what first and 10 you know you don't know those things you'll learn it you'll you'll figure it out or you ask someone who knows or you i don't know go look it up um and i just wish that they would give you know motor racing the same kind of respect and uh give the viewers the same kind of like you know respect that, you know, okay, they're going to be able to know these things or figure it out and we can sort of talk about a little more advanced things. So,
0: yeah. And the other side of it too, is it's a chicken and egg thing, right? I mean, the reason why we don't get more exposures is because those networks don't want, they don't think it's going to bring in the audience to justify giving it more exposure. So,
1: and how's the audience going to know to want to, want yeah. to watch it? So.
0: so truly the best thing that could ever happen to us is happening, which is we now have an American-based F one team that is going to pay dividends for us. It's gonna be it's gonna be helpful. And as soon as we get American an American driver in that team, that's gonna help even more uh, because ESPN will start saying American born so and so did this in the F one race. That will start drawing a little bit of interest in. You know what they need,
1: Danica Patrick.
0: Oh, that's an excellent idea. (laughs) Thank you for
1: saying that. Yes. And anyone who thinks we're serious about our Danica reference, then go listen to a couple of shows. Uh, um, yes. Just well, allow
0: and, me to go throw up real quick.
1: And, and the other thing, and I, obviously we're biased on this point, but that's interesting is that television is no longer the only way to get this information. I mean, it is the only way right now to watch what's going on on track. But with the the live timing iPhone app that's out and more and more teams offering kind of live information on their websites with this potential YouTube setup with, with USF1, it could be the, the case that us you know formula 1 fans that know more than you know we don't need downforce explained to us every weekend um, if we could have especially shows like us with the F1 show you know if we can uh, yeah we need more of us you no know, if we can pick and choose and say okay I want to listen to coverage from maybe BBC 5 live I want to watch stuff on the iPhone app I want to get live timing from the US F1 site to really get a different race experience, and then after the race, rather than, you know, listen to these guys talk about it for five minutes and then cut to commercial on blah, 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 we could listen to, you know, analysis from, I don't know, I wouldn't go so far as to call us experts, but, uh, and, you know, enthusiasts and whatever, and, and people with... Uh, <laughs> We're experts. You know? Yeah, okay, fair We're enough. We're
0: experts. We're expert at things. It's something. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, uh, TV is not the end-all, be-all, and it's going to be less and less relevant as we go forward. And it's just inevitable that more of in this information is going to end up in more places. And I think, again, if, if YouTube can start bringing us some some interesting things, that could be enough. Because I am so desperate. I would love to get rid of my cable bill in the first place. I cannot stand cable.
1: Yeah, you and I both. It's pretty much the only reason we have cable TV is four Speed Channel, for Formula One. So if we could yeah. get that content another way. Oh, man. Anything I mean,
0: else I watch, I can get online. That would be sweet. That's true for everything. Although I think in both cases, the fiancé wouldn't, wouldn't be quite so happy. Yes, yes, cable. there is that so minor little is, yeah. sticking point. Okay, moving on. Right, we got a comment on the F1show.com website itself, which we haven't gotten in a while, so this was a nice little treat. And it was from PK07, uh, and he said, Just on the weber Nico alonzo question we were discussing on this podcast, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a Stewart's decision to have Weber give the place back. Rather, it was the team's decision to avoid a penalty. And so they had to let Nico through in order to get Alonzo through. Also, in the hypothetical situation where you might have to let the whole field pass you, or if the Stewart's decision was delayed, the Stewart's would just give a drive-through penalty instead. Thanks for the podcast. Love your work. So first of all, PK07, thank you very much for the compliment. We appreciate that. But I'm pretty sure it was a Stewart-driven uh, decision. I think they said, if you want to avoid a penalty, you have to let Alonzo back by. It was the you gained unfair advantage by cutting the track or by doing X, Y, or Z. Yeah, by cutting a chicane. And you need to uh, relinquish that advantage. And that's how that worked out. I, I don't think it was a team decision. So, um, either way, it, it, it was no matter what, it was goofy. And it, it shouldn't have happened. And it was uh, crummy for Weber. But um, I think, I think you're right in that, in the hypothetical, they probably would have just, just done something like a. Drive through penalty, or something like that, or are fined $50,000, or taken away McLaren's championship points, or something. Yep. One of those three, for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not, not nearly as bad as setting someone on fire, though. No. <laughs> as has been documented previously. Um, also, uh, on the Twitter stream and all that, um, like Steve Riley, uh, you know, he was recommended to the show um, by, by, by Tim, uh, actually, but he says he's a subscriber now and he says great 70s cop show musical interludes. Now, do you think our musical interviews are, cop are show? the 70s
0: Cop Show? Which 70s Cop Show? Uh, I don't know. Because the only one I can think of is so, Hawaii Five-0. Do, 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 do. Yeah, no,
1: I could... Okay. I don't know.
0: I mean, that's not actually what it is. No, I know. We can say that I definitively. Could, could you
1: say that that's... Yeah, When it's definitely... They're not technically <laughs> 70s Cop <laughs> Show. Release, but I, I, I guess I like that you're uh, you're getting the... Happy kind of vibe going from those. Yes. Um, also, when I mentioned... And Jim know, and I both have crazy mustaches. Yes. Um, all the time. And uh, also, when I was mentioned, you know, I tweeted, we're about to watch the race and cut off on stuff. He says, be careful not to fall asleep during the race. We almost did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually almost did as well. But, you know, hey, we, we made it through and, uh, you know, stayed away for the ending battle, which sort of made it all worth it. And, uh, and here we are recording our show. And for the
0: old people that are still on Facebook, like me, uh, we had tons and tons of comments, which, uh, again, deeply appreciated. Um, I did. I did confirm that I had actually picked Rubens Barrichello for pole position, and uh, we got a few comments from people like that. Uh, Beatty Phillips shamefully told me to drink a flat Coke Ooh. for my half-hearted victory. At ain't right. And uh, we had a little spat as a result. But I would like to officially pardon Beatty from his uh, Pepsi. He does not have to drink it. You are allowed to have your Coke. Uh, apology accepted. And uh, also, thank you very much for uh, the comments from Tim Meekins and Ian Greenstreet uh, uh, on, that, on that topic as well. Also, we had a lot of great um, conversations about what was going on with Donington from Paul Peard. We had, um, we had conversations about what Nico will be doing or won't be doing. Uh, what's going on with Bruno Senna. This was all going on on Facebook, and it wasn't just Jim and I. It wasn't even close. It's just hundreds of us having good conversations, and, uh, and we want to invite everyone to join in because it's really it's a, genuine, it's a genuine great conversation, and I think it's fantastic. I also want to thank uh, Sean Scanlon, who uh, wrote on the Facebook page, a good end to a simply outstanding season. Abu Dhabi is a beautiful place. I think, I think they should use the hotel as a gigantic flag. So if the session is red flag, the hotel would turn red. Not a bad idea.
1: I was thinking about that. Wouldn't that be kind of cool if they, like, local yellow, they could have a track map on there with, like, where's Ooh, yellow? Ooh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see cool if they can get stuff. fancy with it.
0: I, I, he closes by saying, I don't know about you, but I'm already missing F1 really badly. So uh, I, think, I think we do share that sentiment. Um, it was... A long season that went by remarkably quickly.
1: Yes. And actually, um, real quickly, just to kind of follow up on that, this, I came across a link. I don't remember from whom in Twitter now. But uh, with some, some random facts about the 2009 F1 season from F1 Looney, which is a blog on uh, WordPress, that there were 17 races, which is kind of wild. There's going to be 19 next year. It's going to be an even longer season. But 17 races, 988 laps driven, 25 drivers, 6 winners, 643.5 total points awarded. Uh, 11 different drivers on the podium, 10 different drivers set fast lap, 51 retirements, which is an average of three per race. Um, and then especially for all the people that said Jensen didn't really earn it or kind of coasted to the victory, um, Jensen tied with actually Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton for most polls. Each had four polls. Jensen had most wins with six. Um, Jensen also had most podiums with nine. On um, well, most second places was Mark Weber. He's kind of, you know, perennial bridesmaid. Um, <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen had most thirds and uh, and actually... Uh, both Red Bull guys tied for most fastest lap. Each of them had three. Uh, and, and then, you know, the, the, the ever the veteran, Rubens Barrichello, um, completed 977 laps, which is 98.9% of the total. So, uh, oh, about yeah, that. Mr. Reliable and Consistency. Um, and then team-wise, uh, Braun GP and Red Bull tied. They each had five poles. Um, Braun GP had eight wins. Um, and Red Bull had most second places and all that. And I guess the last thing is uh, most most laps completed. Again, we're on GP uh, with 97% of the laps, 1,921 laps completed. So even though in the last kind of third of the season there was that there was the you know the resurgence of McLaren and even Kimi and all this stuff, um, that overall I think if you look at the numbers, um, it, it they're fitting constructors champions. It wasn't some weird. Kakamimi result as a result of the scoring, and yeah. Jensen Button really earned it.
0: Well, and it goes to the age-old thing. The the first race is just as important in the, as the last. So they say, well, if Jensen Button hadn't won the first of six, seven of, six of seven races, it's like, well, he did win the first of six <laughs> of <to> seven races, <laughs> he did, which so. was part of the championship, and he did a fantastic job. And I think, to be fair, uh, he was under tremendous pressure, partially self-induced, uh, and he was nervous and he did not perform as well as he might've otherwise. And this is actually a funny little side point that I want to just get off my chest real quick. I am so sick and tired of drivers say, oh, I don't feel the pressure. and There's not any real pressure. And you know, I'm doing fine. I'm just looking at it race by race bull. That's total bull. And you know, it you're under pressure and it's okay to say, so everyone understands why you'd be under pressure. It's a big deal for a lot of people. So uh, you know, And the fact that he could say, oh, now I can just relax and race this last race. Well, that must mean that you weren't relaxed for the other races, which means you were under pressure.
1: It's a catch-22. It is.
0: Kind of. Quite a bit. So anyway, just I uh, wanted to get that tangent off really quick. But I think we're ready to move on to trivia. Trivia.
1: Trivia. 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 <laughs> yes, trivia. And we had a stonking good question. Last race. Yes, it was quite good, Uh, mainly for
0: how challenging it was. It was was, was a tough one. It was a real brain teaser, and it was. When was the last time that a British driver clinched the Formula One World Championship in Brazil by finishing fifth place in a British-constructed car bearing the numbers 22? Any guesses, Jim? That's a a tough one. That is it. Sterling Moss Sterling Moss is not correct in 1908. Yes. (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, Most of you did get our funny little gag trivia thing. It was in fact Lewis Hamilton last year. The uh, McLaren had the car that was bearing the number 22. He finished fifth in Brazil to clinch the championship. He was in a British constructed car, the McLaren car, and he is British.
1: There you go. Wow. What are the odds of that? Stunning. The great part about this trivia question is that everyone no, – no one answered it incorrectly. No one came up with anything else. But no one was quite sure. They were like, you don't mean <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> right? Like yeah. no one was just like, yes, it is Lewis Hamilton. That is the deal. Everyone – you know, we had responses from uh, Emily Hansen, Colin McKinstry, uh, our boy AJ, and whatever. It's uh, it's just Tim, funny. Everyone's I think like – Tim
0: Meekins uh, threw out. a it's like, like Oh, um, that's a tough one Yeah. You guys don't
1: mean this, right? Yeah. So, so. – we're keeping you guessing, I guess, yeah, that's, all, that's all we
0: can say. We're just playful like that and lovable. <laughs> okay, new trivia question. New Tri- trivia question. There is a new trivia question, even though it's the end of the season. Yes. However, because it's the end of the season, I am going to do something unique. It is a gift to all of you. I'm going to give you the answer Ooh. to the trivia question right after I give you the question to the trivia question. Okay. Coke's for everyone. Well, there you go. The question is... Why are Jim and Robin so happy right now?
1: <laughs> Jim, any guesses? Um, <laughs> Jim doesn't know. I, I know this is all this is all news to me. Um, if I had to guess, uh, because we've we've imbibed lots of uh, tasty Coke with lime and had a good day watching F one. That podcasting. is true.
0: Jim Jim uh, did. Uh, I for, bought you a Coke, man. Jim you, you did fulfill it. his Coke requirements. and it's yet, been Quite good. I'll, no, the answer is is because we have in fact achieved 410 fans on the fake Facebook page, which you actually said earlier, ruining the trivia. But I said, just run with it. Not your fault, Jim. It's okay. I see. I didn't uh, know. I'll think of a way for you to make it up. If we me.
1: actually planned this show, I wonder if it'd be any better. No, <laughs> Probably I don't not. know. <laughs> Probably not.
0: So anyway, uh, truthfully, just it's been fantastic year for us. Uh, we, you know, we don't get any money for this in fact it costs us money to do the show but we do get tons of pleasure out of it we do deeply appreciate uh having the community and having the talks and we we appreciate the love and that's uh the fact that it's still growing and we're still trying to make it better and in fact jim and i've got a lot of ideas to continue to make the show better for next year uh we just we truly truly appreciate it and we absolutely love it so thank all of you very very much for listening and watching and enjoying the show
1: Yes, and we do ask uh, in return is basically um, money if if you're stuff stuff yes um, (laughs) if you're if you're listening to the show as a one-off just download from the website or playing it online or whatever. Um, hit up, uh, hit up our, our page and, you know, click subscribe and just subscribe to it on iTunes or zoom or whatever, whatever system you use. Um, and if, if you're listening to, you know, just don't, don't unsubscribe us because even though the season's over, um, obviously we'll be back for about rain next year. Of course. But in the meantime, um, we've usually got some postseason wrap up stuff. We've got some preseason stuff early next year. And, uh, some of those are some of our most fun shows because instead of just covering a race, we can come up with all kinds of news and different stuff and, uh, and we let our hair
0: down as it were. Yeah. There's not much hair to let down, but it's let down all the same
1: it 's let down, so yes, definitely just uh, you know stay tuned, and as always, you know, if, uh, if, as much as you can spread the word, we definitely appreciate it, and now, I think it is time to talk about some predictions
0: ah uh, predictions. For the final round of Abu Dhabi. And I came off a sterling, that's the new word of the day, sterling result predictions last time. I correctly predicted everything. I had it all right. So how did it go this time, I wonder?
1: Oh, I'm sure it was just as well. Actually. And and, and just to reiterate, you did get your Coke in return. I I did get my Coke and it was very,
0: very tasty and I do deeply appreciate it. Um, Jim, you and I did quite well in terms of predicting qualifying. Okay. Because you had... Sebastian Vettel on pole. Oh, and he was second. And he was second, and it was a very well. No, it wasn't actually close second at all. But <laughs> he was second all up right up until Lewis Hamilton, pass, you know, did a much faster lap. I predicted Lewis Hamilton on pole. So there you go, one, oh, one and two. Oh, it's almost like we, we know what in were one and two, doing. and I was better than you. So that was great. Um, However, things went a little bit downhill for us. Then it
1: all went wrong.
0: You and I both predicted that a, a Braun GP car would win the race. And to be honest, we didn't do that badly. I think these are respectable predictions. These are respectable predictions to end the year on. Yeah. You had Rubens Barrichello to win. I had Jensen Button to win. So you were closer. I was closer. But I wasn't way wrong. I mean... You weren't way wrong. Yeah. Now, for the thrilling conclusion, who finished 13th? Ooh. Yes.
1: I don't even know. I got to look it up. <laughs>
0: I will tell you who it was. It was Nakajima. Ooh. Yes, it was Mr. Monakajima in 13th in the Williams. Uh, he finished 13th. You, sir, predicted Kobayashi to finish 13th, which, to a small point, I have to say Tisk Tisk because he's our man now.
1: But. Yeah, he was sixth.
0: Yeah. I predicted Mark Weber, <laughs> and he was second. <laughs> he was second, so I was more wrong than you there. So you and I were darn close with predicting this time around. Yeah, it worked out. So
1: I don't know, cokes for each of us. Or yeah, I don't no? know. We does it gonna...
0: cancel each other out? I think maybe maybe what we'll do is go out for a beer. Um, oh, there you go. So I've decided that despite the fact that we have several you know days before the next race, we are in fact going to predict Braun. Uh, Bahrain right now. Okay. We are going to predict Bahrain right now, and the results have changed slightly. Jim, I need to know who is going to be on pole position in Bahrain.
1: I got to look up the list of who's going to be driving in (laughs) 2010 right now.
0: We don't have all day here,
1: pal. Okay. Do you want to buy drivers or buy teams? If I say, like, it's going to be a Williams, but we don't know who's going to be in the Williams. Drivers. uh, Drivers. Yep. That's part of the predicting. On pole and You're predicting many things, and it's all wrapped in this. Yes. All right. Uh, Campos. Whoever's the other driver That. no. All right. Jean Todd's FIA president now? I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put Alonzo on pole. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Alonzo in the Ferrari. That's not a
0: bad not a bad guess. I would say based yes. on the knowledge we have right now. That's right. Who's gonna win the race?
1: I'm going I'll just stick with Alonzo. Actually, I think I think that may that that whole system may work. Wow. I'm gonna give him for the uh you know the successful opening weekend.
0: Okay. Now for the most difficult question, especially considering the circumstances now. Who's going to be the top finishing rookie? Seeing how you don't know who half the rookies are. I know. Um, <laughs>
1: top finishing rookie. Yeah. I'll see, if, do I? Can I get my list of, of rookies? No. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, uh, whew, I guess I will go with Bruno Senna. Ah, uh,
0: yes. You're going safe for this Bahrain uh, I prediction. Am. I think I am. All right. Well.
1: Oh, partially- Felipe Massa is going to be back in the Ferrari. Yes, he? yes, oh, he, what is. He, oh, what yes he is. Yes,
0: he is. Now, here's the thing. I actually agree with you. I do think that uh, Alonso is going to prove to be too much for Massa. And I do think that there is going to be a lead Ferrari, and it is going to be driven by Fernando Alonso. I could be proven wrong. We'll have to see. Um, however... Partially just to keep things interesting, I am going to go ahead and disagree with you about who's going to be on pole position. Who's going to be Lewis? I'm going to put Lewis Hamilton oh, on pole. Oh, man, Lewis. It's going to be interesting because I think in a lot of ways you have it right. You know, Ferrari's been working on their car for quite a long time. They've stopped developing uh, this one a while ago. Uh, Alonso's. you and I agree, very, very, very good. And um, he's going to be tough to beat. But uh I I Hamilton at this last race I mean he is just so fast and if and if McLaren can stay on top of things and build on what they did this year it, yeah it's going to be tough in my mind
1: as much as I like the guy
0: it is going to be a big if so right, who do you think is going to win mark weber no oh this is going to be fun and if i'm right oh you're going to owe me so much coke nico what? Rosberg to win in what car I don't know yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In maybe a Braun or maybe a Williams? And the top rookie,
0: I'm going to go Nico Hulkenberg. Oh. Yeah.
1: Who may or may not actually be in the sport next year.
0: Yes, but I'm I'm pretty darn confident that he's going to be in the Williams, and I think he's going to be quite good. I've heard a lot of good things about him, and I like Williams. I like the team Williams, and I think... The Williams car is also going to be strong. I think they are also going to be able to build on what they learned last year and have a good, solid car for next year. So Wait, wait, wait. wait, Is Kamui Kobe actually going to still be considered a rookie next year? I don't see, that. I thought about that. I don't think he can. Because he's, I mean, he's had experience this Cause year, I think, not much. Because I, I think if, if you do two races or less in the preceding mm-hmm. season, you can still consider yourself a rookie for the following season. But at the same time, in Formula 1, there's no real Rookie of the Year award officially yeah. that I know of. So... Maybe there is presented. All
1: right. So I'm going to say provisionally the pseudo rookie best place. Pseudo rookie would be our boy, you know, Kamui best place, real rookie. I'll go stick with Bruno. Senna. Okay. Sounds good. So there it is. Uh, we have a long time to realize how wrong we may or may not be. Yes. Those predictions. <laughs> yes. But there yes. You you go.
0: Do. So there, there it is. That is the season in a can right there.
1: There it is. Um, so just to, to – because we actually didn't uh, go down the, the final um, final order. So, um, yeah, Braun obviously won the contractor Championship, Red Bull second, McLaren third, Ferrari just behind them, one point behind McLaren. Ferrari ends up with 70 points to McLaren 71. Um, Toyota in fifth, BMW Sauber in sixth, um, who, you know, is still has a provisional grid spot, but maybe not. You know, maybe they'll be there. Maybe they won't. We still don't know about that whole thing. Williams Toyota in seventh, Renault in eighth. Um for Cindy and Mercedes in ninth and S T R Ferrari getting only eight points um becomes the uh you know the the last place as far as the team uh team championship. And then uh as far as the rundown, what we noticed was kinda wild. Felipe Massa, um having obviously uh stopped the season after racing in Hungary, after qualifying in Hungary. Qualifying um has twenty-two points. He's eleventh spot in the championship. There you know, Heike Kovalainen, Nick Heidfeld, Kubica, Fisichella all these guys, there's a bunch of people that are behind you know, Felipe Massa, which is just kind of wild. To, Kovalainen,
0: uh, especially. Yeah. And the high touch. both The W's.
1: Yeah. I mean, Fisichella, okay, you know, whatever. Um, Buemi, Sutil, Kobayashi, Bourdais still has his two points. And, uh, the guys that ended with no points Kaznakajima and in the Williams, uh, Nelson Piquet, Tony Liuzzi, Romain Grosjean, Jaime Alguasuari, and Luca Badur. Yes. No points on the board. Uh, Jensen Button ends up with 95 in total, and, um, yeah, so like we mentioned, yeah, Vettel obviously clinching second place handily over Rubens Barrichello. Rubens end up third uh, with Weber fourth, Hamilton fifth, um just ahead of of, Mac- of uh, Kimi Raikkonen in the Ferrari. So, I think as far as the whole, you know, McLaren Ferrari rivalry, McLaren wins both in the, you know, as far as the highest placed driver and in terms of constructor points. So, yes. I think th- those guys are going to feel good about it and uh, you know, they can always look back and say, oh, if the season had started then, ended then, boy, we would have done this because our second half of the season, whatever. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. But it didn't. And I think they can, I think, you know, they can, I guess, be happy with what they ended up with uh, for, for where they started. You know, they're obviously turning it around. Um, but, uh, yeah, there you have it. And Fernando Alonso in his final race in a Renault uh, ended up ninth in the championship. Uh, Behind Jarno Trulli, actually, and Nico Rosberg, so Nico doing quite well, especially compared to Kaz Nakajima. I mean, Nico ended up with thirty four and a half points. Yes, Kaz and nothing. so did Williams. Yeah, so <laughs> and, uh, which pretty so, much says it right there.
0: So yeah, so uh, again, I know we're we're getting soft on you guys, but thanks again. Uh, we've we've really enjoyed this season. Uh, despite the fact that we were not in the same state. Sometimes I had to do the podcast on my own at times. Uh, we stayed up all night one day uh, there were subway cars in the way at times. And, we had a great time the entire season. We're we're really excited to keep up with you guys in the off season. We're really excited for some improvements we're gonna and some new announcements we're gonna show you guys in the off season and next year. And hopefully we continue to build the show and make it better. And uh, that's one final thing I really want to emphasize. If you guys have anything you don't like, anything you'd like to see different, anything you'd like to suggest, please let us know. We're definitely Open to suggestions. We are an open source podcast. Not going
1: to hurt our feelings.
0: Yes. Even if it does, we'll pretend like it doesn't. We'll pretend like it doesn't and then we'll cry in each other's arms.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And on like, that note, <laughs> we'll see you guys in I don't know a couple of weeks, maybe a month. We don't know yet. Yeah, we'll see what we'll, we we'll, see. We'll, we we'll see keep ya. in
0: touch with you guys. We'll we'll keep in touch on Facebook. We'll keep in touch on Twitter. Yes, and f dot com. You can see links to everything that we were working yeah, on. If you're not and if you're not a part of either of those, you should check that out, and that'll help stay up with the community. And I guess so. Until next time, I'm Robin Warner and I'm Jim Lau. Happy birthday, Jordan Brown. <laughs> see ya.